You're listening to the Steve Pinto Podcast, a podcast bringing you knowledge from God's Word, hoping to help you navigate through the changes in the world and the culture we live in today. Look out for Steve's new book, The Silent Exodus, now available on all platforms. You can purchase digital copies in the Apple Bookstore and Amazon.com. I want to come to you perhaps from the from the teacher perspective and I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to think critically and to think analytically um, about the situations in which we're in. And so I'm afraid that many times we we operate under faulty assumptions and we have to um, be humble enough to be able to understand um, that there are things that we need to learn and then there are things that we need to unlearn and then there are things that we need to relearn. Uh, So I know that sounds kind of like a riddle, but um, sometimes when we are set in our ways, um, we become very uh, proud and cannot tolerate uh, dissenting dissenting, um, views. And so I think that maturity, uh, maturity can be defined as the ability to be able to think critically and analytically um, without, um, without hatred, but to be able to think through difficult circumstances. You know, one of my favorite prophets of the Old Testament, uh, Daniel in the Old Testament, in Daniel chapter 5 and verse 12, it said, it says that he had an excellent spirit. That, that's talking about how he lived. It's talking about character. This guy lived a godly life. And then it says he had knowledge and he had understanding. I'm reading out of Daniel 5:12. And then it says that he could interpret dreams, solve riddles, and then he could he could decipher enigma. Decipher enigma. You know what? Enigma, enigma is a puzzle. Enigma is something that's uh, hard to understand or decipher. And the Bible tells us that Daniel was a prophet that had the ability to be able to um, navigate through the fog of uncertainty. And, you know, if you're getting older as I am, you know, when we're children, we seem to think that everything's just clearly black and white. But there are issues. There are issues. Not every single issue is black and white. Not every subject is black and white. Um, if, if things were black and white, then decision making would be a, so much easier. Conscience issues would be so much easier. Political issues would be so much easier. Controversies would be so much easier. You know, Um, and I'm afraid that we live in a culture where we are not seeking to be informed, but rather influenced. And so I think we need the spirit of Daniel like never before. We need to be a people who are able to think clearly and thank God for God's word that provides for us, as Pastor Josh has been preaching, you know, a basis by which we can define what is right and what is wrong. And so uh, I'm, I'm praying that this morning and this week, we can go into this week by having the spirit of Daniel, the spirit of Daniel, 
In Daniel 5.12, he had an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding. He could interpret dreams, solve riddles, and explain enigma. Enigma, puzzles, things that are hard to understand. You know, perhaps a, a similar a similar passage uh, in the New Testament can be found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, where Paul is instructing the young pastor and he says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so just like Daniel in the Old Testament could decipher enigma, Paul is telling Timothy, you need to be someone who's able to divide the word of truth. That is, the, uh, that's the, that is to say the ability to be able to, uh, through the tension, through the fog of things uh, that people say and, th and things that, you know, people's opinions, they're able to decipher what is the truth, what is God's truth. Not my truth and your truth, but what is God's truth? I'm able to define uh, what is true according to God's word, not according to uh, you know personal preference or not according to um, you know opinion, but rather how can I, through the fog of everything that's happening, decipher God's truth and divide um, what is false and what is true and operate uh, operate in that. Um, in, in that realm. Um, so I, I'm learning, I'm learning as you are to, you know, it's, you can't get rid of the tensions sometimes when there's disagreements. Tension is part of it. And I would encourage you to, to get used to it. Tension is, is part of life. And so what we need to do, what we need to do is, is have the spirit of Daniel and also of Timothy, be a people who are able to think deeply about issues um, and to be able to divide what is right, what is wrong, according to God's word, and not just be influenced, but being informed, all right? I, I say that because a lot of what I see in the news, a lot of what I see in social media is influences, not, not truth. Um, and so we need to be a people that are informed. It's important to be informed. But sadly, you know, a lot of what's happening in our world, I mean, we're so divided left and right, you know, Republican, Democrat. We got the we got the elephant, the donkey. We got the, the red and the blue. We're so we're, we're so far apart. No one's thinking biblically anymore. They're just being influenced and no one knows what's right and what's wrong anymore. And that saddens me. Um, and so we need we need the spirit of Daniel like never before. And, and we need the spirit of Timothy like never before. And, and, um, and we need to be a people that know what we believe. And what we believe should be based on scripture, on God's word. And I understand we, we live in a postmodern world. A postmodern world is a world that, that lives um, by the philosophy that truth is relative. I have my truth, you have your truth. Um, and so we are going to uh, just live according to uh, um, subjective uh, truth. But we thank God again that we have moral absolutes, that we have God's word to be able to guide us and to help us to navigate through the fog of this world. And so I want to encourage us 
to stop operating under faulty assumptions and to be able to uh, to puzzle through the enigmas of our time and of our day. And to also, if I could say, have have a, a balanced and biblical view of our world, balanced and biblical view of our world. All right. Time for coffee break. You have your coffee. Take a break. I told you this is going to be the teacher part of me, not the preacher. You know, when you preach, you proclaim. When you teach, you explain. So this is the teacher part uh, of me. And so um, let me now talk a little bit about, um, you know, I've, do, I've been doing a lot of reading on justice, on justice and staying informed. You know, and uh, part of the protests that are happening now, you know, the, one of the primary reasons of protest is to is to um, get people get 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 people's attention to a certain um, issue. And um, in my case, it's done that. And I've been wanting to go to scripture and see what what God says concerning some of these things. You know, and a lot of what I hear in the Bible studies that are provided out there and in the different um, different articles and podcasts, they talk a lot about the Old Testament prophet speaking against the injustices um, of Israel in the Old Testament. And so, you know, there's three primary leaders in the Old Testament. There's the king, there's the priest, and then there's the prophet. The king is kind of like the civil leader. You know the government, um, and in the, in the Old Testament, it was to function before kings as a theocracy. But then, of course, um, the Israelites rejected God, and they said, "We want a man to rule us." Um, and of course, uh, even Samuel told Israel, "If you want a man to rule you, if you want, uh, then they're going to put, uh, they're going to send your sons and daughters out to war. You're going to pay taxes. You're going to do all this stuff." He warned them, but that's what they chose. And so a king, king was a civil leader and they, they were, they are in charge of, they were in charge of setting up the laws. And, and of course, uh, um, every king that is human is going to be a faulty king. They're going to have, they're going to have weaknesses and strengths. And so there was kings, but there was also priests. Priests were the spiritual leaders. So there's kings there's, uh, who were the civil leaders, and then there's priests who were the spiritual leaders. And, the, and they were to lead God's people in the sacrificial uh, uh, service of the Old Testament. But there were shepherds that would care for God's people. But then there was the prophets. You know, and the, the prophets are those who, um, who would speak um, on behalf of God. But just like there were good kings and bad kings, just like there was good priests and bad priests, there was good and bad prophets. And um, the, the prophets not only foretold the future, but they also spoke very keenly about God's heart and God's desire. Though, that is to say those prophets that spoke on behalf of God, because there were so many false prophets in the Old Testament who spoke only according to their own preference and not according to God's word. Now, for instance, Jeremiah has been quoted a lot during this time because Jeremiah, you know, he's the weeping prophet, the, the man, the young man that God chose from even before his birth to speak against, uh, you know, a nation. Um, and, you know, Jeremiah 22, 3 um, 
there it's a good example where, where where jeremiah spoke against the injustice being done at the time he says this is what the lord says do what is just and right rescue from the hand of the oppressor the one who has been robbed do no wrong or violence to the foreigner the fatherless or the widow and do not shed innocent blood in this place so he spoke he spoke very clearly against injustice it's very good that we're using jeremiah as an example for that but i want you to think again it's not always black and white think about the complexities of the of the prophet right so it's not just one thing or the other he's not valuing one and then devaluing everything else but it's it, if it's if it's god's moral standard then we we keep all of them at the same rate so um, that same prophet, the prophet Jeremiah, spoke very strongly against child sacrifice. Very strongly against child sacrifice. In Jeremiah 19, verses 4 through 5, he talks about how Israel had forsaken, uh, uh, for, uh, had forsaken God, and they had replaced the one true God with foreign gods, and they began to burn incense to other gods, and they built high places of Baal and burned their children in the fire as offerings to Baal. And so he not only spoke against, you know, uh, I guess we could call so social injustices, but he also spoke about morality. And he spoke about the, the killing of the innocent children. But not only that, Jeremiah also spoke very strongly against sexual immorality what sexual immorality and he references you know um different worship so when you uh, when we read the old testament and we read about idol worship 99 percent of the time when we read of idol worship this is idol worship that's closely bound to child sacrifice or to sexual practices so you read for instance in the old testament of baal and ashtoreth poles um, these things um, were a reflection of, especially the asterisk poles, were a reflection of sexual immorality. It was people practicing prostitution, um, all kind of lewd sexual practice um, uh, in the Old Testament. And so when we think, we, we can't think singular minded. We have to take the whole context of what those prophets spoke about, the complexities, the uh, the context of what we are to stand for. And Jeremiah is a good example, as we've been talking about for this time. Yeah, he spoke against injustice, but he also spoke about child sacrifice, and he also spoke about sexual immorality. And why can he speak about these? And why are these things right? And why are these things wrong? Well, because God defined what was right and what was wrong. It wasn't up to the individual. It wasn't subjective, but it was it was what God had determined as what is right and what is wrong. And so I think I, I think we need to be fair with Jeremiah and we need to speak about everything that he of course is prominent. The, the, the racial the, the racial conversation is prominent right now. The injustice conversation is prominent, and that's why we need to quote him. But we need to remember. Uh, we need to remember also uh, the other the other uh, aspects of injustice, 
because injustice is much more than racial injustice. There's also, uh, there's also other injustices being done to, to God's definition of the family unit, to God's definition of gender, to God's definition of life. And therefore, we need to have a more balanced a, a approach when the time, when the time is right. Um, and and let me let me be um, very genuine with you this morning. What would what would we do? Because let me say let me say this, and you've heard me say it, and I've put it in writing, and I've said it here as well. Um, I stand with those who are protesting against racism and i stand um, for justice and the fight for justice i do and i believe it in my heart why because the bible teaches me so but my question is and again we're thinking deep deeper we're thinking about enigmas don't take me wrong here now okay what do we do when those same people who are the ones who speak strongest against um racism and injustice um, are the same ones that speak against other biblical truths that are not um, necessarily um, what the Bible teaches. As I said, man, it's just not uh, as clear as we said at the beginning, right? It would be nice if issues were just very clear as you know, black and white but every single issue has its complexities and we have to be willing to be able to think through them. So, for instance, so why is race, racism wrong? Well, racism is wrong because our, our ethnicity, who we are, our identity is given by God. Um, and so we stand against racism because a person's race is sacred. The word sacred mean, means is God-given. So who I am and what I am is what God created me to be. And therefore my identity is found in that. And so government didn't, didn't give me that. Who gave me that? God gave me that. Um, and so my identity is found in Christ and in my creator. And so the reason we are against racism is because a person's race is what? Sacred. A person's ethnicity is sacred and you cannot violate it. My race is sacred, your race is sacred, and we don't dare violate it. It's who we are. You know, I've often said uh, in my Christian worldview classes, we talk about the idea that I don't like the word um, or saying races. There's different races in this world. Um, that, that word is deeply attached to the idea of evolution, that there's different races, right? But that's not a biblical term. The, the biblical term is ethnicities, ethnicities. We are one human race with many ethnicities. One human race with many ethnicities. In Acts chapter 17, verse 25 and 26, it says, And he is not served by human hands, speaking of God, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And he says, from one man, he made all the nations. From how many men? One. We all come from the same dude, man. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, right? He says, from one man, he made all the nations. From that one man, all the ethnicities came. 
And then he says that they should inhabit the whole earth and marked out their appointed times and histories and the boundaries of their land. So we stand against racism. Why? Because it is, it's sacred. It's God-given. All human beings. As he says, I believe it's in, uh, in uh, Genesis well, 127 and then repeated in Genesis chapter 2, are created in the image of God. And then it, it goes on to say, he created them male and female in the image of God. And so this idea is they stand um, in contrast, direct contrast to some of the evolutionary things that our children are learning since they're children. This idea that there's different races and all this stuff. And so, um, and the, the, the idea of evolution leading to, you know, some ideas of, you know, the supremacy of certain races and all this stuff. Uh, but creation, creationism, and what the Bible teaches us leaves no room for racism. And so that, that is why we can say we categorically denounce racism and we stand in solidarity with the protest. Absolutely. Because it's sacred. But what, uh, but what I'm saying is, you know, we're thinking, remember, we're thinking here as adults about the complexities. We're thinking about the enigmas as Daniel in the Old Testament, as Jeremiah did. He spoke against injustices, against child sacrifice, against sexual immorality. We have to be able to, to see our world within that balanced context as well. And if, and if God uh, says is wrong, that is, how we've, that, that is how we define what's right and wrong. And so um, just like we stand for for um, um, justice in one area, we need to stand for justice in all areas as the Old Testament prophets did. And we can't value one while de devaluing uh, the other. Um, and so uh, it's my encouragement to you and to me to, um, to navigate through the difficulty of the time in which we are, in which we're in. It's, it's a tension that we cannot get rid of but it's a tension that we need to learn how to navigate and, uh, and not operate under assumption or under influences, but, uh, but to function under the, the information that God's word gives us. Our hope is ultimately upon, upon God. You know, ultimate, ultimately the problem is sin and our salvation is Jesus Christ. And that's who we're putting our hope um, in right now. So how do we navigate through difficult waters? Can I just leave you with uh, just a couple of, of um, I don't know, um, warnings for you and for me as we go through this week? Um, let's, let's be humble. Let's be humble uh, this week. Let's be careful about arrogance. We all have blind spots. And so um, let's be careful about our arrogance and about our blindness, about different ideas. Um, and let's love one another. Um, on the positive end, I do want to encourage you to develop your biblical knowledge in a more balanced view so that you can have a more clear um, view on the issues as we've talked about here, especially at the beginning. Very important for you to catch the beginning of what I've said here in the full context. And then know, know what is right and wrong according to God's word and be confident about it. And be able to then speak to those uh, things that are wrong and then be able to stand in solidarity with those things that are right. 
And so be confident, but also be humble about your positions. And then be understanding toward others. And then um, appreciate the diversity that there is in different thought. Um, ultimately, ultimately, as the word teaches us, our fight is not against flesh or bone, but it is against principalities, right? And, and it's against really uh, spiritual structures that come against what uh, the absolute truths that God uh, has for us. Remember, ultimately, it, the word should be our guide. Um, and something that I've seen so much, especially in recent days, is that, you know, um, that people don't have clear understanding of the issues, um, biblical issues, I should say, biblical issues. And therefore, you know, I think it was G.K. Chesterton who said, he who believes in nothing stands for anything. And so it's like I said at the beginning, man, it's so difficult um, to decipher, to navigate through the issues and to think critically and ad analytically to, uh, through them. And then perhaps is the, is the right time to begin to have those conversations um, about what, what the scripture teaches us in full context about everything. And because uh, and, uh, sometimes it's hard to have a, a, a nice, educated conversation when emotions are rampant and running high. And it's not wise to have perhaps conversations sometimes when everybody's emotions going crazy. Man, as a matter of fact, here's a point of wisdom. Never make decisions in your life when you are running at a thousand RPMs here with emotion. <laughs> Never make decisions there. Never. When we make decisions up here, man, that destroys your marriage. That destroys your life. It destroys our communities and so forth. We should always make decisions when we are have spent time to be with God. We know what God's word says. And we are then being led in, in by God's spirit uh, to move forward. And so, again, I want to encourage us. Let's have the spirit of Daniel of the Old Testament. Excellent in spirit in knowledge and understanding, solving riddles, and uh, being able to decipher enigma. Decipher enigma. Not everything is black and white sometimes. We have to be able to decipher through the fog and navigate through it as Daniel did in the Old Testament and as Paul tells Timothy in the New Testament to be able to divide the word of truth. What's applicable here? And then what's applicable there? We can't just take everything and then go here and then take everything and go there. It, 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 life is not that simple. There's a lot of complexity in everything that's going on. And we need to be able to view the world through the eyes of uh, scripture. And we need to be diligent to present ourselves as approved to God, a worker who is not ashamed, but uh, doesn't try to get rid of the tension, but is able to navigate through the tension. Thanks for listening. Tune in to next week's podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Look out for Steve's new book, The Silent Exodus, now available on all platforms. You can purchase digital copies in the Apple Bookstore and Amazon.com.